Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, back with another All-22 offense. Today, we're going to get into the tight end position, a position group led by two-time pro bowler Jack Doyle, a position that saw the departure of Eric Ebron this offseason and the addition of Trey Burton, who won a Super Bowl with Frank Reich back in 2017. So now we add Trey Burton, we lose Eric Ebron, we still have Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox now going into his third year. So it's an interesting position group. Philip Rivers loves tight ends. Frank Reich loves tight ends. We also had two big body wide receivers, two six foot four wide receivers, and we have a fullback in the mix. So when we cut this roster down from 90 to 55, we currently have seven tight ends on the roster. In the Frank Reich era, we normally carry four tight ends. And I think if you go back to 2018, there was a few weeks where we carried five tight ends because the last few years, the receiver position has been so binged up. It was not good at all in 2018. And then in 2019, I thought it was improved, but binged up. So I think there's a couple weeks where we carried five tight ends. But normally in the Frank Reich era, we carry four tight ends. This year, we have a fullback in the mix. And we also have some bigger, taller, longer wide receivers that could be used in the red zone. So it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do with the tight end position. Right now, I feel like we're only going to carry three tight ends plus Roosevelt Knicks as the fullback. Now, you could consider Knicks a running back or a tight end. It doesn't really matter where you put him because when you cut this roster down from 90 to 55, he will be a roster spot. I believe he will be on the roster. I believe we will carry a fullback. It just depends on where you put him. Do you put him as a tight end? Do you put him as a running back? It doesn't really matter. You can put him wherever you want. But I right now do believe we will carry, like I said, in the running back all 22, four running backs, which means we're probably only going to carry three tight ends because right now I have six wide receivers. We have three quarterbacks. So an extra quarterback in Easton is going to also take up a spot. And then the four running backs and the six receivers. So right there, that's already 13 spots. The tight end right now I'm putting down three tight ends, but we're going to go through the back end guys. Anyway, I think they're competing for one spot and that spot might not even be there. But right now, in my opinion, they're competing for that fourth spot. I just don't know if that spot will even be there when we go in to the season in September. So let's get into number seven and seven through four. It was tough to order these guys. It really just depends what the Colts are looking for. If they're looking to add any of these guys to the act of 55 going into the first week of September. So let's start off with Ian Bunting. He's six foot seven, 256 pounds, an undrafted free agent back in 2019 signed to the Jets practice squad. The Jets released him in October and the Colts signed him to the practice squad on October 8th. He's been on the Colts practice squad ever since. If you go back to his college career though, because this is the one thing that's pretty disappointing about Bunting. When you look at a guy who's six foot seven, a big frame, 256, you're thinking, okay, this guy's probably a project player. And that's what he is. But if you go back to his college career, three years at Michigan, one year at Cal, zero touchdowns in four years of college football. Not very encouraging that this guy hasn't caught a touchdown pass since high school five years ago. So when you look at him making this roster as a tight end, I think it's very unlikely that he does. Now, if he gets cut and re-signed to the practice squad, I think there's a chance that he stays within the organization on the practice squad. And then I was also thinking, just looking through these guys, maybe you think about re-signing him to the practice squad after you cut him adding 50 pounds and trying to convert him into a tackle for the future because he's still young. He's only 23 years old. He's six foot seven. He's 256. You get him up to 6'7", 300, and you're looking at a project tackle that maybe you could develop into something. So 
I don't see him making this roster at all as a tight end. He'll have a chance. He'll have a fair opportunity to come in and compete for it. I don't see him making this roster as a tight end, but he could be a practice squad guy. Maybe convert him to the O-line or do something like that with him in the future because he's still young, he's big, and you definitely have a project in bunting. I just don't see him making the active 55-man roster going into September. Number six, Farad Green, six foot three, two forty-five, twenty-two years old, undrafted this year out of Mississippi State. I definitely don't want to write off an undrafted tight end. You look at Jack Doyle right now leading this position group, a two-time Pro Bowler. He was undrafted back in 2013. Green might turn into a Pro Bowl tight end for the Colts in the future. You just never know. If you go back to his redshirt senior season in 2019 for Mississippi State, he had 21 receptions for 257 yards and a touchdown in 12 games. Coming in, looking to compete. That's all any of these guys are trying to do. Young guy, 22 years old, undrafted. He's coming in. He's looking to compete. He's just trying to make the roster, get a paycheck, and put food on the table for his family. Fifth, we have Matt Langle, 29 years old. He's six foot seven, 265. So like Button, another six foot seven, tall, big tight end. He does, unlike the other two guys, unlike Green and Bunting, he does have NFL experience. Has played in 19 games, one game for the Colts last year. He played in Super Bowl 51 with the Patriots. So if you go back to that Patriot run for Super Bowl 51 when they beat the Atlanta Falcons, they came back from that 28-3 deficit. He played 54 snaps in the playoffs for the Patriots, mainly on special teams, but he did see 10 snaps in the Super Bowl when they came back from that 25-point deficit against the Falcons. So you have a guy here with a little bit of NFL experience. He's played 19 games. He's played in playoff games. He went to a Super Bowl. He has special teams experience. And last year, the Colts really struggled. Kick block, pump block, protection. They struggled in those areas. You have a guy in Matt Langle who did that for the New England Patriots. So if you could block, if you could do those things on special teams for Bill Belichick, you could do that for anybody. And he did it on a Belichick team that went on to win his sixth Super Bowl. So Matt's a guy who has NFL experience, unlike Bunting and Green. And our number four tight end, same thing, Xavier Gramble, 27 years old, so a couple years younger than Matt. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers the last four seasons, played in 47 games, made seven starts, had 23 receptions for 239 yards and three touchdowns. So he has a little bit of starting experience. So as you go down the line here, Bunting undrafted guy, Green undrafted guy, neither guy has any NFL experience. Then Langle has some NFL experience, some playoff experience, and then Xavier has started games in this league. He's made seven starts over the last four years with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. So as you go down the line, a little bit more and more experience, and then you look at these four guys collectively, are they competing for one spot? Is there even a spot for them to compete for? Are these all practice squad potential guys? Because then as you go down the line, you get a little bit older, okay? Matt Langle's 29 years old. Xavier Gramble's 27 years old. You're getting a little bit older here towards the back end, towards the guys who I think have a better chance of making the actual roster, but a worse chance of getting re-signed to the practice squad after they get cut. Because there's a good chance the Colts only carry three tight ends. And Frank Reich offenses, they love tight ends, but we added two six foot four wide receivers in the draft. So those are red zone targets. We also have a fullback to help come in and block. So that's another roster spot taken up by a fullback, a guy who could come in and block and play on special teams and do all those little things that maybe a guy like Xavier Gramble could come in and do. So if there's only three tight end spots, I don't know if any of these four guys, I don't believe any of these four guys will make the roster. But right now I think they're competing for that fourth spot. I think all four guys have a chance 
at that fourth tight end spot. I just don't know if that fourth tight end spot is going to exist. I don't know if that spot will be open and available. But we also don't know how many guys are even going to be on an NFL roster this year. Because with the COVID-19 virus, I think I said this, with the wide receiver position or the running back position, there's a chance they have 60-man rosters, 65-man rosters. Because if guys are dropping like flies, getting sick, getting COVID throughout the course of the season, you might need extra roster spots or a larger practice squad. I think they already did enhance the practice squad. I think you could carry more practice squad guys this year, or they took rules that were going to be implemented in 2021, and they implemented them a year early. We're going to go with that 55-man roster. So right there, that's two extra spots. But we talk about this 55-man roster. The Colts are carrying three quarterbacks, and the Colts are carrying a fullback. So those two spots could be taken up right there by the quarterback in Easton and by the fullback in Roosevelt Knicks. Let's get into the three guys now who I think are definitely going to make this roster. I don't think there's any question that these three guys make the roster. The order might be questionable. Who gets the second and third spot? I think you could go Flip Moale Cox and Trey Burton potentially on snaps and stuff like that. But as far as the three guys to make this roster, there's no doubt in my mind. Will there be a fourth spot? I think that is a debatable point to make when you're looking at this roster and you're trying to break it down to 55. So number three right now, I have Moali Cox. He's going into his third year with the Colts. He's only 26 years old, converted basketball player, played basketball at VCU. So he's a converted athlete from basketball to football. He had a good season in 2018, playing with Andrew Luck, 13 targets, seven receptions, 133 yards, two touchdowns, had that ridiculous, that sick one-hand grab against the Oakland Raiders. And then he took a step back in 2019 on 11 targets, had eight receptions for 93 yards, didn't score a touchdown. So the statistics went down. I thought he improved as a blocker and an all-around football player. And, of course, the main variable, the elephant in the room, you're playing with Andrew Luck in 2018, and then you're playing with Jacoby Brissett in 2019. So that's a big difference going from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett. You're going from a top-five quarterback to a bottom-five quarterback. That's a big change there from year one to year two for Moali Cox. But it was a little bit disappointing seeing him take that step backwards. If you go back to 2018, he had that one big drop against the Jags. It got picked off by Miles Jack. So there's definitely been growing pains for Mo Ali Cox over the last couple of years in Indianapolis. I think it's very interesting that he is right now a better blocker than receiver at the tight end position. Because you would think, okay, a converted basketball player is going to come in and he's going to be good at running easy routes, just little seam routes, jumping up, grabbing jump balls in the end zone. You would think that would come natural, but Molly Cox actually picked up the dirty work before he picked up the finesse of the game, which I think is very interesting because you would think basketball players would pick up the finesse first and the physicality second. But Cox has come in. He's improved as a run blocker. He's been good in pass pro. It's very interesting to me that Mo Ali Cox is better at that stuff. Because you look at the other basketball players, Anthony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, all the basketball players who came into the NFL, they were all receivers first, and then they blocked second. Mo Ali Cox up to this point has blocked first and was a receiver second. So I think that's very interesting. But he obviously has the ability. He obviously has the traits. He has those gigantic hands. He has like Kawhi Leonard-sized hands. And he could go up and he could snag the ball. So hopefully he gets a better feel now for being a receiver going into his third year. I think fourth year with the Colts, but third year playing because he didn't make the roster in 2017. But then 2018, 2019, he was on the field a lot for the Colts. And he did see 24 targets over the last two years. Receptions, yards, scored a couple touchdowns in 2018. So Molly Cox has improved, I would say, as a football player. Took a step backwards 
as a receiving tight end, but I think the quarterback position did have a lot to do with it because you're going from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett. It's no secret that you took a big step backwards there at the quarterback spot. And that goes for every tight end, every receiver, every running back. Of course, the entire offense is different, but I think Mo Cox and Eric Ebron probably suffer the most out of all the guys. Number two, I got Trey Burton. A lot of people might say, why isn't Mo Cox number two? He's been here longer. He's earned it. Trey Burton is a more experienced, polished football player. He's multidimensional. He's a receiving threat. He's a blocker. So he could do both. He's only 28 years old, so still a couple years until he's 30. Two seasons he spent with Frank Reich in Philadelphia, played 30 games for Reich, started five of those 30, had 60 receptions for 575 yards, six touchdowns. They won Super Bowl 52 together and then took off for Chicago. And that's usually what happens after teams win Super Bowls. The offensive coordinator leaves. He goes and gets a head coaching job. One of the backup tight ends goes and gets a starting tight end job in Chicago. And then in 2018, for the Chicago Bears, Trey Burton had a really solid season. 16 starts, started every game for the Bears. 54 receptions, 569 yards, and 6 touchdown receptions. So he had a really solid season his first year in Chicago. Last year, went into the season banged up, was banged up pretty much all season. And then week 11 got put on the season-ending IR. He was battling a groin. He was battling, I think, a quad and a couple different injuries. So he was all banged up. On the lower half last year, I think he also had a hip injury. So he was banged up in 2019, and it was one of those one injury leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another because he was never able to get fully healthy. But hopefully he's fully healthy going into this year. If he is, I think he'll be a solid number two behind Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle is our number one tight end. And I think this year Jack Doyle's really going to flourish. He's 30 years old. He's in his prime. Tight ends last a little bit longer than some other position. So I think at 30, Jack Doyle is entering his prime. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. And ironically, both Pro Bowl seasons for Jack Doyle came with Jacoby Brissett, 2017 and 2019. So coming off a Pro Bowl season last year, he missed 10 games in 2018. If he plays in those 10 games, maybe he has three consecutive Pro Bowls. But otherwise, he's been relatively healthy for his entire career in Indianapolis. He played all 16 games last year in 2019, and he's played in 100 out of 112 games dating back to 2013 when he was an undrafted free agent. So he's only missed 12 games in his career. Ten of them came in 2018. Only two games missed in 2013 through 17 plus 2019. So Jack Doyle is durable. He's reliable. Great hands. Good blocker. He's a do-it-all player. He never complains. I love guys that don't complain. Jack Doyle never complains. He shows up. He does his job. We rewarded him last year. We didn't need to pay him when we did. We paid him early last year. I thought that was a shot at Eric Ebron, who was running his mouth, who was nursing an ankle injury when we thought he could be out there. He wasn't out there. He was going into a contract year. I thought that was a shot at Eric Ebron. I love Jack Doyle. I love everything he stands for. I love the fact that he shows up. He doesn't complain. He'll do pretty much anything you ask him to do. And I think he's coming into his own this year. I think he's going to flourish in 2020 because you have a quarterback who loves to throw to tight ends and you're not really sharing that spot with too many guys. The last couple of years, you were sharing it with Eric Ebron. If you go back before 2017, you're sharing it with Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener. And then in 2017, you're not in a Frank Reich offense yet. So you still have that Chudinsky offense. You still have Chuck Pagano as your head coach. And you have 
And I know he's went to two Pro Bowls now playing with Jacoby Brissett, but you have Jacoby Brissett in 2017. So now you're going to be the guy at the tight end position. You're going to be the number one tight end. There's not going to be a receiving threat that might not be starting, but is going to get more receptions, more targets than you coming off the bench like we had the last couple of years in Eric Ebron. So I think Jack Doyle is going to see a big season. He hasn't been a huge touchdown guy over the last couple of years. I think he's going to have a really solid season. I think he's going to go back to another Pro Bowl. So far in his career, if you want to go through the stats, 243 receptions, 2,176 yards, 18 touchdown receptions. So Jack Doyle has just been really, really solid for the Colts. He could do anything. And I think that this year in 2020, we're going to be much less transparent as an offense. Because last year, you had Mack and Doyle in the game. It was going to be a run. You had Hines and Ebron in the game. You knew it was going to be a pass. So third and two, there was no secret depending on the personnel. If we had Mack in the game, it was going to be a run. If we had Doyle in the game, it was going to be a run. If we had Ebron and Hines in the game, it was going to be a pass. We were so one-dimensional with position groups. This year, I think it's going to be a lot different because Jack Doyle was in the game on running downs, but Jack Doyle is a damn good receiving threat as a tight end. He has 20 times, 1,000 times better hands than Eric Ebron. Marlon Mack can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is dangerous in the open field with the ball in his hand. So I think this year we're going to be a much more dynamic, a much less transparent, less telegraphic offense, and I'm excited for that. We have new additions. We have big body wide receivers that are going to be red zone threats. We have Jack Doyle, I think, really now kind of taking over as the number one tight end where he's not going to have to share that role. And then, of course, Trey Burton, same thing. Trey Burton, he's a multi-dimensional tight end. He could do multiple things. He could block. He could catch. You don't have to worry about him going in the game and everybody saying, okay, we know it's a pass. Okay, we know it's a run. So we're going to be, I think, much less transparent in 2020, which I'm really, really excited about. And you look at this roster. From the quarterback position, I think we upgraded the quarterback position. I think we upgraded the running back position. I think we upgraded the wide receiver position. And I think you can make the argument. I know we lost a pro bowler in Eric Ebron, but I think you can make the argument we upgraded the tight end position because we lose the only, one of the very few, if not the only locker room cancer on this roster. This roster from top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams, quarterback, running back, linebacker, D-line, O-line. I mean, we have so many leaders, so many college captains, so many NFL captains, so many pros, pros. We have very few me, me, me guys. We have very few self-centered players that only care about themselves. Eric Ebron was one of those guys. Maybe the only guy like that on this roster. So it's addition by subtraction getting rid of that. You're also getting rid of all those drops. You think about that Oakland game last year. Couldn't catch the ball in the first half. Had three drops. He dropped more passes in the first half of that game than I think Jack Doyle and Dallas Clark dropped together combined in their entire careers. Three drops in the first half was absolutely ridiculous. But then at the end of the game, he catches like a 60-yard touchdown pass. That meant absolutely nothing because the game was over to pad the stats. So I don't think we're going to miss Eric Ebron. I think Trey Burton is a guy who's coming in. 16 starts for Chicago in 2018, so you're getting an experienced backup to Jack Doyle, and you're getting a Jack Doyle type of player. So now you're going to have two tight ends who are both able to give defenses multiple looks. Both guys could run block. Both guys could pass block. Both guys can run routes and catch the ball, and they both have good hands. They both are comfortable in the Frank Reich offense. I'm really excited about this roster from top to bottom, and I love going through this All-22. I love listening to Jason go through the defense. I love going through the offense because you look down this roster and just the amount of guys that are young. You talk about Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hillen as two of the older players on this roster. They're only 30 years old, which is older, but it's really not that old. 
especially as a tight end and a receiver, those are positions that last a little bit longer. It's not like you have 30-year-old running backs or 30-year-old cornerbacks. So you have positions that last a little bit longer with some of your oldest players on the roster. I think Justin Houston, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, obviously Phillip Rivers, but we really don't have too many players that are 30-plus on this roster. And when Jason was going through the ages yesterday of the linebackers, I was like, holy crap, the oldest linebacker on this team is EJ Speed, who's a second-year player, still a project, a young guy, only 25 years old. This team is loaded, loaded with 26 and under talent. Just loaded with talent. Guys, Jason will be back tomorrow with the All-22 defense going over the cornerback position, which should be a lot of fun, right here on the Fourth the Culture Podcast.